0: I just slipped so far. Hope Net Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio,
2: Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, where conversations save lives. This is episode 138. My name is Jeff. Let me introduce you to our Hope crew tonight. I'm sure the guy that you probably want to be like when you grow up in some way. My co-host, DW. How are you doing, man?
3: Oh, they don't want to be like
2: me. No, not at all?
3: No, I'm, I'm, I'm old and shriveled. You want, you want to stay young and vibrant. But
2: you were a good football player, though. Oh, moment. at one time. You are a really good football player.
3: At, at one time, I was probably acceptable. <laughs> sure, Acceptable in the fact that I got to play and I enjoyed it and, and uh, really did enjoy it, I'm telling you. Anyone that can get an opportunity when you're young to play sports, enjoy it. Go out oh, there and yeah. just... You know what my advice to him is? Don't take one sport too seriously. Go out there and enjoy a bunch of them. Go out there and do a bunch of different things. Because here's the sad reality. Almost all of you are not going to be professional players at it. So you might as well go enjoy a bunch of different sports rather than just pour into one all your life because then you'll have a, a much broader base the rest of your life to, to play with. And find a sport you can keep doing. I'm, I'm sad that I in one way I was a swimmer, but I could keep doing that, but I'm allergic to the lake, so that doesn't work. Yeah. But I, I was also a football player and a hockey player. It's hard to keep up with football and hockey as you get older. That's true. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking I should have taken up chess or something Well, like that. that. Something I could keep doing.
2: Yeah, that or mini golf.
3: Mini golf, badminton, tennis. I mean, those things you can do as you get older. But, you know, right now, I don't play basketball very well. I don't play football at all. Part of history. So if you're young... Go ahead and enjoy whatever sport you're in, but but always think I'm going to do a sport too that I could take into my 90s or something.
2: Yeah, or just some kind of activity. Yep. Also joining us tonight in studio, Mike Jewell is back from Relational Integrity. And uh, Mike, I understand you're doing a lot of stuff up at camp again, and and things are happening in your world. How is life in Mike's world? Oh,
1: life is good. Life is good. Uh, you know a lot of times the, the, what dave was just saying about the sports you know it's kind of nice to as you get older you know you kind of move those passion for sports into things that are non impact type sports yeah. you know like fishing yeah there you <laughs> go you know, <laughs> those types of things and <laughs> Uh, hunting yeah. or those those things, you kind of move the direction. So uh, I'm now, come on, looking now, forward there, to hunting season this fall.
3: There there were times where I wouldn't consider fishing a sport, but now I do. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's a you know, good point. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And I guess same with chess. I mean, I used to get amused at the guys who got letters for playing chess. You know, I thought, no kidding, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's but true. now I'm thinking, yeah, those guys probably, yeah, they worked out, you know, somehow, their brain anyway. So
2: I like to yeah. play chess and never really played competitively. But I've, yeah, I enjoy the game. So uh, maybe next time I come up to camp, Dave, we're going to have to have a, a chess face-off.
3: We should make a, a big chess board on the ground and have a human chess game. Oh, we could do that. Would that be interesting? And, and people who know how to play, they they have to make the, you know, the team has to make a decision on what move and the person moves and that kind of thing. It could be very interesting to do that.
2: So can I ask, which one would you be, Dave?
3: Um, I would not be the queen.
2: No. <laughs> Even though that's like saying. the most attractive piece on the board.
3: No, you know what? I would want to be the bishop. You think so? I, I want to. I want to. I want to move and groove, man. I'm Swedish.
2: Move diagonally, though. Yeah. You can only move diagonally.
3: The bishops? No, I want to be the knight then. Which one is the little
2: horse? Yeah, that's the knight.
3: All right, I want to right. be the knight.
2: Yeah, the bishops are the ones that move on diagonals. Ah, forget
3: it. I want the bishop thing. I want the knight thing. I want. I want to. I want to do the little L thing. So,
2: and Mike, I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna guess Mike would probably go for the bishop.
1: Well, that'd work. That'd work, Bishop. I, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking. I don't like the name, of it, but but the rook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
3: don't, I don't
1: know
2: well, what he I does. Think, but. Yeah, I, I think you'd probably pick the rook over the pawn.
3: That's right. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're going to have a b- bunch of bear fans to be pawns.
2: <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes. In order to be a pawn, you have to be a bear or Viking fan, and then you can be a pawn. And the rest of us will be Packer fans, just just for the fun of it. Please address your complaints to Jeff Strong.
2: (laughs) Hey, guys, tonight, you know, it's it's funny we talk about some of these things. Tonight, I want to talk about this word that sometimes we get hung up on, but it's this word that I think is something that might be worth talking about tonight, how we all are made to conform, conformity today in our world. We're looking at society and we're thinking, you know, if there's one person that you could be like in the world today, who would that be? I know growing up, Dave, I don't know if you were this way, but as a kid I would have friends and we would all pick out like different athletes or people that we wanted to be. So if I was playing one-on-one or you know, three-on-three basketball or something, we'd all pick out like national basketball player association guys, NBA guys, and we'd pick out some names. We're like, okay, uh, you can be Kobe Bryant. Um, you can be, mm, let's see, uh, yeah, I'm going to be Michael Jordan. So you've got to be someone like Scottie Pippen or – you know some of these other like famous basketball players. Nobody ever picked Dennis Rodman, but you know some of these like famous famous basketball players. None of them were ever Milwaukee Bucks players of all things.
3: But oh come on, uh, Kareem, Lou Cinder?
2: I don't know who that is.
3: That's Kareem Abdul Jabbar before oh, he became Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He was Lou Cinder and he played for the Bucks.
2: Oh, I didn't yeah. think he played for the Bucks. I thought he played for a good team. Yeah. No, nope, anyway. he
3: did play well then he, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He left and played for for the money out there, but yeah. You know. <laughs> it's interesting how we do that. Well, you know what it kinda of depended on what I was doing. I, I love playing hockey and in my day when I played hockey I was the golden jet, Bobby Hull. You know what I mean? That's oh, yeah. that's who played and that's who you were. Um so it kinda of depended on the sport you're playing. If I was playing football, um I was a Bear fan. So Dick Butkus was it, man. I mean you were that guy. Um, and you didn't really like Ray Nitschke or anything that was green and gold at that particular time, um, but really in life, and when I look back in life, uh, I, I have to honestly say that it, my dad was my hero. I mean, I wanted to be like him. Um, he seemed to do things and do them well and know what he was doing. So, uh, but in sports, of course, my dad wasn't all that cool. So I, you know, I had to pick somebody else. But in life, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to be like him, and I and I thought, well, that, that's that's okay. Now that I'm older, I think that wasn't a bad choice, but. So what you're saying is you conformed to be a Packer fan? I yeah, did. Well, you did. I did conform. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, yes. I changed I remember I remember my my conversion day. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, it was a moment in history. It was. It, we, we I had a bunch of guys over to watch the Bear Packer game appear. And as we were watching it, I found myself cheering for the Packers. And it was in eighty five, believe it or not, when the Bears went and won everything. Wow. And I was a Bear fan until that year. And then they oh, won wow. everything. <laughs> It's like, you guys, Now I really don't like it. Uh, but I remember I looked at everyone in the room that day and I said, you know what? I think I'm a Packer fan. And they all threw stuff at me and I was like, get out of here. And from that day on, I've been a Packer fan because somehow being, living up here in the Northwoods and just getting Packer news and that kind of thing, I, I transformed. Hey. You spend time with somebody, you begin to think like those people. And, you know, you almost have to work at not doing it. Of course, it's easier in this day and age because our our electronics can hook us up to any city in the world. You could, I mean, really with the the way the television is, you could watch whatever NFL team you wanted to and trace them and follow them. But that wasn't how it was back then. I got two TV channels, you know, back then. Right. And, um, I still get two TV channels, by the way. I still use antennas. But in the process, you have to go with what you get then. And I wasn't getting very much bear stuff. So I was getting all Green Bay stuff out of there and, Eventually, because you are surrounded with it, you conform to it.
2: Yeah. It's interesting because in, sometimes in the millennial generation, uh, at least from my perspective, uh, this isn't really a popular word to discuss because a lot of, a lot of these 20 somethings, maybe even, you know, just getting out of high school and, and you're getting this, the impression of freedom and what it means to be free. And, and so what that kind of means is that I'm, I'm my own person. You know, I can I can do my own thing now. I don't have to I don't have to follow the rules being at home. I'm away from home so I can do some of these things and and in a way it's like trying to live a life of nonconformity.
3: Hey, we need to talk about
2: this. Yeah, I I think it's worth talking about because I think, you know, especially today when you're building your identity and who you're gonna become and you're a young person today, you're listening and you're like you may not be thinking about it directly, but somehow, some way, what you're doing today and who you're conforming after is shaping who you will become. And so I want to talk about this tonight on the show. What does it mean to conform? What does that look like? Let's be a part of this conversation together. Join us tonight on the tweet back on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation is kicking off
0: right now on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com This is HopeNet Radio Feel free to email the show Hope at HopeNet360.com Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to
2: the show. Our coaches are available tonight on our website, Hopenet360.com. If you're going through something in life that seems like it's insurmountable, that maybe you're facing a a point in your life where you just have a lot of questions and just seems like the road isn't as clear as you thought it was going to be, chat with a live coach right now at Hopenet360.com. Jeff, DW, and Mike Jewell sitting down tonight having a conversation about conformity, what that really means Dave, this has become kind of a dirty word in at least in my generation. The idea of conforming, where you just you really think that well, now that I'm on my own, I want to be my own person, and so it kind of like becomes—I don't know if it's cliche, but it comes—it becomes a very common notion that you know I'm just going to be a non-conformist. I'm going to go out. I'm going to be my own person. I am have my own thoughts. I'm going to believe my own beliefs, and nobody can tell me what to do. And uh, before we get too far into it. I want to define this word conformity. What does that actually mean? Well, conformity is the act of matching attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors to group norms. And this is according to Wikipedia. Norms are implicit, unsaid rules shared by a group of individuals that guide their interactions with others. This tendency to conform occurs in small groups and or society as a whole, and it may result from subtle unconscious influences or direct and overt social pressure. And conformity can occur in the presence of others or when the individual is alone. So, for example, people follow, people can tend to follow social norms when they're eating or they're watching television or even when they're alone. Uh, one of the things that I enjoy when people conform to is when they're eating, they don't eat with their mouth open. And, uh, and that's one of those things that I think I, maybe all of us should agree on that, you know, if I'm gonna conform to something, Eat with your mouth closed. I think that's just good etiquette, Dave.
3: It is. You know what? It's funny you mention that because that was the one thing growing up that just drove me absolutely crazy when people chewed with their mouth. open. You too? Oh, man. I, I just wanted to throw a brick at them. You know, I mean, excuse me. I, I, I said I wanted to throw a brick at them. I wouldn't. Uh, but it's one of those things where, yeah. You know, you know what? I I think that all of us don't realize that we're all, we, we all conform whether we like it or not. You're going to conform to certain things that, that you have to conform to. There's gravity. There's, you have to breathe air. You have to, there's, there's things out there that you have to conform to, and if you don't, you're a fool. If you, if you don't take them into account, you are going to look absolutely foolish and ruin your life. You, you have to take them into account. And, and so you know, to say I want to be a nonconformist sounds really cool, but it, it doesn't work. And, in fact, you know what I think, uh, Mike and, and Jeff, I'll throw this out to you. I think we're in a great danger in our democratic society. Because what we've become to believe is that a majority of people, we should conform to the majority opinion of people. Hmm. And, and that becomes in and of itself a great danger. Because if you think about it, the majority opinion may not have anything to do with truth.
2: That's very true.
3: It's just the majority opinion. But we seem to, you know, look at how many places are trying to get us to conform to a majority opinion. Politics. You know, they work diligently at trying to get a majority. Why? Because then the majority rules. Now, I, I'm not saying that's an evil system for politics. I'm just saying what happens is in our brain it kicks into, well, the majority's right. Hmm. But what if the majority isn't right? And do you know that our nation has been set up to challenge the majority? Hmm. We have courts. The little guy should have, have a say. The person who does it differently should have a say, if it's right. And we have ways to evaluate whether it's right or not, or we're supposed to have ways to evaluate it. And that's what gets us upset when people play with the system a little bit, because the system is in place to allow uniquenesses to flourish, and the poor and the rich to have the same playing field. It doesn't always work that way, but there are some things we need to conform to. And what happens is with the hours and hours of influence that's going on on television, that kind of stuff, People are going crazy trying to get the masses to conform to a certain thing, so that they could personally take advantage of them. So I I think uh, the the idea of conformity is very interesting. The more that you say you're independent, I don't know, Mike. You grew up like I did. We remember the '60s and in that realm, I remember thinking people saying, "I'm I'm my own person." You know, Woodstock was back then, all that kind of stuff, and I'm my own person. Well. It seemed like everybody was their own person and they all dressed the same.
1: Yeah. The funny thing about it is that to get people to conform, then people start placing expectations upon other people. You know, so you must to be part of our group, you must follow these expectations. Yeah. It's kinda like the you know, the the junior hire, you know, uh, all of a sudden, you know, he wanted to, to get together with a bunch of kids in the hall. Well he noticed that all the kids had their hand in their right pocket. Well, all of a sudden, he'd walk up to them, put his hand in the, in the, his right pocket, and uh, they'd look at him and say, "Okay, you know, here's he, You must be one of us. Your hands in your right pocket. <laughs> you know, that's a that's kind of a silly example, but that's exactly how the whole process works." You, yeah,
3: you, you know that we're getting destroyed by that. We're, we're getting, right. Let me give you an example. Um, recently, the, and I don't promote this, but recently there was a website called ChristianMingle.com, dot com, mm-hmm. and, and and they were uh, claiming as an American company that they were um, taking and having a unique set of qualifications. They were trying to identify people who were Christian, non-homosexual people. I mean, that kind of thing. The courts came in and said, no, you have to include homosexuals. And that kind of thing took, it, took away the idea of being very distinct to them. Right. Correct. Now, now, what's interesting is that look what our culture did in opposite of what we're talking about. They Basically, there was a group that was saying, I want you to understand that as somebody who knows there's a God, I've learned that I need to conform to him, mm-hmm. like gravity, like other things. That, so I need to conform to him. So all we're trying to do is identify people that agree with us. See, that's all they're doing. So that's not illegal at that point. Right. We've made it illegal because we want everybody To be a part of the same without conforming. Now now you can't do that. You can't have everybody the same without conforming. I mean try it sometime. You can't do it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and that's a dilemma. And and that's just a little example, but it's happening all over the place. It's happening everywhere. Where schools are are in a dilemma because you know, what bathroom do kids use? Hmm. We are trying to make no one conform, but having everybody conform to no confirmation—that doesn't work. There, there's actually a way this is done. That there's males and there's females, and there's actually a way that this is done, and, well, the, and you need to conform to it. Correct, but as you, you take that even further, I mean, if you, you know, if
1: I can get everyone to conform, well, then I have power, Right. or the whole group has power. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, and then use that power against the people that don't uh, share your views. Yeah. And that's where it gets ugly in in society and in relationships. Is that one person wants to get, uh, exert power upon the other?
3: Well, isn't it a misunderstanding, though? I mean, do we think that just because a majority we're in the majority that we're right? Oh, that that is absolutely wrong. I mean, yeah. you you don't. But do we think that? Do we think that? I mean, people automatically think that's the
1: that's the way it works. But so
3: so if the Supreme Court says you know this is the way it is, does that make it right? No, not no, no. The, so the no, Supreme Court is not supreme. Correct,
1: correct. Because there's an ultimate. There's there's absolute truth at the bottom of the core uh, of whatever those decisions are that rules our world, hmm. and uh, that truth is what you got to stand on. That's what you got to dig down to and uh, and and hold on and and uh,
3: believe in and uh, desire to attain. So basically, there's a plethora of errors. Errors when you start thinking about confirmation. You know, first of all, we think. We need to conform to whatever the majority is doing, even though the majority may be wrong in what they're doing. And I can give you examples like Hitler. They were wrong. Yeah, right. So so even though they're wrong, we somehow think they're right because there's a majority view there. But we don't even know if there's a majority view because people oftentimes, we used to call them the silent majority, would not express their opinion. Correct. We just know that the vocal people make it look like the majority is this way. That's right. And, and, and now also we're making decisions based on, we're thinking we're conforming to truth, but it's not truth. We're conforming to a majority opinion, and that may be far from the truth, and that could get us in trouble, and we'll have to pick this up in the next segment. Yeah.
2: It's a very fascinating discussion, you know, what it means to be a conformist. I think one of the essentials at, at the very core of conforming, why would somebody conform? Why would Why would we adapt our beliefs or our behavior to a group of people? Well, a lot of it has to do with fitting in. And just being accepted, being someone that is agreeable or being agreed upon, um, it, there's something to it of being around people that are like you. And we tend to do this as humans. We do that. And that's kind of where some of the, the the idea of cliques and and favoritism comes into because we tend to want to flock to people that are like us, that think like us, that behave like us, that dress like us, that believe like us. And we do this all too often, sometimes consciously but a lot of times we do it subconsciously and i want to talk about this because it's worth investigating you know okay who am i conforming to or what am i conforming to what ideas am i allowing into my life to influence the way i think which then will determine the way i behave and the way that i act so join the conversation tonight be a part of this discussion with us what do you think about the idea of conformity join us tonight on the tweet back use the hashtag hnrtb this conversation
0: will continue here on HopeNet radio we're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. On radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey,
2: welcome back to the show. HopeNet Radio. It is the show where conversations save lives. Glad that you've joined us this week on the show as we're talking about conformity. And DW, Mike Jewell, and I were sitting down and just having this open conversation about conformity and, and how, what it seems to happen. And Dave, I didn't know this about your generation, but... You kind of had that same thing where, you know, whether it was in the 60s or whenever you were that teenager, like you wanted to be your own person, wanted to do your own thing and, uh, and and kind of express yourself in a way that's maybe different from some social norms. And yet, in a way, it's like we're almost conforming to another standard. I mean, that I didn't realize that about your generation as much, but, you know, I thought that was something that like millennials were just really
3: all about. No, it's nothing new. I think every generation has the same thing. You conform um, Satan, first and foremost, changed what you conform to. You can either conform to the world, or you can conform to God. And if you conform to God, it's transformational. And if you conform to the world, it's a dead end. Hmm. And, and that's what he did. Because we're all going to conform. And, and basically what, what Satan did is try and get in front of God and say, don't conform to him, conform to me. And that's a dead end thing right there. Because we are. We're made to follow. I mean, God calls us sheep in the Bible, and that's the one characteristic about sheep that is just very consistent. They are followers. And I think all through the generations. Here's what's weird to me, though, Jeff, as I think about it. The idea of conforming, it's ironic in a way, because the only way to freedom is by conforming. The only way to creativity is by conforming. What do you mean? Well, uh, let's say that, that you were going to uh, build a, a big dam somewhere for water, mm-hmm. like Hoover Dam or something. You were going to do that. In fact, Hoover Dam is a, is an architectural wonder. I mean, when you look at it, it's it's somebody was very creative there in how they designed it and how they built it. But in order to be creative and build it, they had to conform to a bunch of things that were going to happen. They had to conform to how much water was going to hit it, pressure per square inch how much rain was going to come um how long i i understand that there's still cement curing in that thing you know because it's so thick and in the middle somewhere how long it would take the cement to cure in other words there were things that they had to conform to or they could not be creative let's just change the scenario let's say that you asked me to build a dam on the wolf river up here by silver birch ranch Mm -hmm. and i go oh man and you said, Dave, you're creative. You could do this. Man, am I creative. So I go out there and I just start throwing rocks, man. I just throw rocks and I pile them all the way up, you know, 30 feet high. And I come back to you, it's done. Dam's done. You know, first rainstorm gets right around it, slips right through it. The rocks are flying all over the place. Everybody's screaming, who'd you hire to make the dam? Hmm. You, you know why? Because I didn't conform to what I needed to in order to get creative. I just got what we would call creative. Yeah. No, that's that's silly. Creativity is not going out and doing just anything. Freedom is not having no parameters. See, there's a lot of irony in life that we don't think about. Uh, Freedom means parameters. Creativity means conformity. Uh, For example, again, the freedom thing, I I go to Walmart. I actually should pay for the food I take out of Walmart.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: If I were truly free, couldn't I walk in there and just take it? No. No. The parameters are you're free, so you have to pay for it, and that's what keeps it free. I mean, you have the freedom. The food isn't free, but you have the freedom to go get food there. They will bring it there with trucks for you. They will put it on a shelf for you. They will do all these things, but you can't just go in there and take it. There's these parameters. And as long as you live by the parameters, you can live within freedom. You can do that. But if you do not live within those parameters, the freedom goes away. Hmm. Then they have to watch what you do, or they won't let you shop, or they close the store, whatever it might be. But you have to live within the parameters. So people that are free live within parameters. Uh, people who are creative live lives of conformity. They conform to what they should, to the absolutes that will not change. And so if somebody's listening to me today and they're, they're, they're thinking they're creative, my question to them would be, how are you conforming? to God and to the absolutes in life because uh, let's take it to the body illustration. God tells us that the body is is how we can compare the church, the the body of Christ, he calls it. Well, I have a bunch of creative parts. I have elbows and knees and and knuckles and, and toenails and all that kind of stuff. They're all unique. They're all creative, you might say, unique, different. But they all need to conform. They all need to conform to the brain signal and to the rest of the body and how it works. And when it happens that way, there is tremendous freedom in the confirmation. See, I mean, we don't get the irony of it, but, but it's true. That's the way it's made. All the way through the Bible, there's irony like this. You're not going to find life until you die. Hmm. When you die to yourself, you find life. So so what we have to do is start using the words in the context in which they were meant. If we're going to be people who are creative, then we need to be people who will conform. So we better know what we conform to. I don't know if that makes sense, but I I know it's a little deep. But
2: Dave, I've heard it said that freedom. There's only really one rule about freedom, and that is that your freedom cannot violate someone else's freedom. Would you agree with that?
3: Well, it kind of depends what you're talking about, because we draw lines in the sand all the time. There's people that own dogs. Do you own a dog? I don't. Do you own a dog? Uh, Nope. Okay, I don't own a dog, but there are people that have them, and those dogs bark. I don't have a dog. My neighbor's dogs bark. The sound travels to my house. Do I have the freedom to live in silence? I don't know. Do they have the freedom to have a dog? Hmm. So I, I think sometimes the question is is more self-centered than anything. Yes, I, I think there are certain freedoms that all of us can enjoy. I mean, we, we've talked about secondhand smoke. If somebody wants to smoke and kill themselves, I mean, that's up to them. But to blow the smoke on somebody else and make them breathe it, we've got laws against that, actually.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We don't have laws against dogs barking, but we do have laws against secondhand smoke. So in other words we we kind of draw lines somewhere. Um as a culture and as individuals we we do. I'm not sure those lines are always right. I'm just saying we do draw them. You have the freedom of speech but you can't, you know, yell fire in a crowded theater. Mm-hmm. You can't make a joke about carrying a bomb on a plane. I mean, these things will get you locked up even though you do have freedom of speech. So it's not always as clear-cut as I think we would like it to be. I look back and uh, it reminds me of the of the story in uh, Hebrews 3.
1: And uh, in Hebrews 3, the Israelites are trying to enter into God's rest, and they can't enter into, into God's rest. And at the end of Hebrews 3, it says, because of unbelief. Well, I always thought, I threw that back and saying, what is this? I mean, parting of the Red Sea, water out of the rocks, pillars of cloud and fire. I mean, I was th- they didn't believe in God. Well, then as I was reading in Exodus one day, it, it talks about they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to conform mm-hmm. to the old lifestyle instead of conforming to being the children of God, which God had planned for them. Mm-hmm. So you look at that whole thing, you can have freedom, and uh, and you can uh, choose what you're going to conform to. But at the end, there is a there can be a wrong way and a right way to conform. You can have a better life by conforming to the truths that uh, God has laid out for you.
3: Can you believe and not conform? Oh, yes. Okay, so intellectually you can believe something but not conform to it? Well, eventually
1: it all depends on the scriptures. It talks
3: about what do you put your faith in. See, I'm, okay, I'm wondering. I, mean, I can
1: believe that, that uh, you know, that that rock will, uh, will, will float. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. but, but, I mean, I can believe anything. But uh, am I going to put my faith in that rock floating?
3: Right. My dad, no. used to, yeah, my dad used to tell a story about a guy. Uh, I forget who it was. That guy who went over Niagara Falls on a tightrope, and he would go and he, you know, back right. and forth. And eventually, everyone was cheering. know, you're the best. You could do anything. He put a wheelbarrow. He he took his assistant on his shoulders, and eventually he went up there. I think with a wheelbarrow and said, "Okay, who believes I can put somebody in a wheelbarrow and go across?" And everyone said, "Yeah." And he said, "All right, I need a volunteer," and nobody would. <laughs> right. 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 All right. Did they believe? Uh, <laughs> they thought it was yeah. possible. But did they not believe Right. They didn't do they, anything. They, well,
1: they, they didn't act in faith.
3: Well, okay. It, it
1: comes down to that.
3: I, I think they thought it was possible. Yep. Okay, so the question either was wrong or something, and that's what I think we have to, we, we can keep talking about this in the next half, but it, it's one of those interesting things. What is conformity? Is it just yeah. believing, or is it actually doing something on what you believe? I, we'll talk about it.
2: Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily believe that you can believe something and not conform to it, but that's worth discussing in the second half of the show tonight. Join us on this conversation tonight on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. Also, if there's something going on in your life that is totally far removed from this topic tonight, but you just need to talk to somebody, about life, about things that are just stressing you out, they're just weighing in your heart. Go and chat with one of our live coaches right now at Hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here at Hopenet Radio.
0: Feel like nobody cares? We do. Hopenet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at Hopenet360.com. It's Hopenet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW,
2: sitting down with Mike Jewell tonight and having a conversation with you guys here on the show. If you miss any part of this conversation this week, go and subscribe. To the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. All you got to do is visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast and you can find all of our past episodes there. You can share them with your friends. You can go and share them on social media. And we hope that you be a part of the conversation with us every single week. The tweet back is live right now at HopeNet360.com or on Twitter. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. Guys, Very interesting conversation, very interesting word that we're looking at tonight, conformity, and the idea of conforming. This is not a popular word in our culture today. When you start talking about conforming and and when you're talking to them, it's probably not a conversation you want to bring up to maybe an 18, 19, 20 something that is trying to blaze their own trail and they want to find out who they are, discover who they are. The idea of conformity, that's not a really clean word to them. And yet it's something that we've been talking about on the show that, you know, we can't live a life without conforming. That's such a weird duality that we live in today that we think we can be our own person. We can have our own identity apart from anything, you know, any, any kind of order, any kind of set pattern or whatever. It's, it's interesting to think about that we just, you can't live a life in nonconformity, yet we are convinced, or at least some of us are convinced, that you can.
3: Well, why do you think that that's such a, a desire for people to be their own person? Why is that such a desire?
2: You know, that's a very interesting question. Some of it is, you know, it's, it's. I don't want to be... Somebody else, and I want to be myself. I think we struggle, and maybe it's, maybe it's the teenage thing in us, that teenage angst where we're constantly looking at ways to fit in with other people. So we're constantly doing things that we might not want to do otherwise, but in order to fit in with that group, I have to say certain things or I have to dress a certain way. And, and I just don't have that freedom to be accepted for who I am. And we're, we're kind of as humans. This is one of those things that I think. Is something that God does help us work through in our life. But we have this need to be liked or be accepted, not because of any, any kind of quality or trait, but just based on the fact that I'm a human being, I'm an individual, and I deserve dignity and, and respect.
3: Why? I mean, when, when you think about it, here, here's the deal. In the absence of God, I have to become God. So in, in, I'm, I'm not even saying that. I, I'm saying that as a human, I have value. Right, Right. but but in the absence of a God, so I go through my life and I don't believe there's a God. Well, then I need to become God, and everybody needs to conform to what I think, and I do, and, and that's God's role, not mine. And if there is no God, then I become God.
2: That could be true. That that could be true for some.
3: Well, I don't know how else it would be, because why would why would I say that I need to live my own life and people need to conform to me? I mean, no matter what I think, no matter where I go, people should adjust to me. No, that's God's responsibility. That's how God works wherever he goes whatever he does people need to conform to him because he's god so if i take on that characteristic not only am i foolish i am not god and it will not work well, if god is the giver of life and we're looking for value
1: in our life i mean in in second peter one it talks about he gives us very great and precious promises right okay these these are the truths these are the this is the value that is placed in us so our own value it's not from us. It's not from what we do. It's not from what we say. It's not from, from the group that we uh, hang around with. It's not uh, because of the clothes we wear. It's not has to do anything with those things. The value alone comes from our creator who said, I'm giving you acceptance. I've right. given you significance. I've given you security. I've given you everything you need in life. It comes from me. And out of that, then we are able to sit back and conduct our lives Whereas we don't have to conform to the things that are false in the world, right. we conform to the truth. So of if the they world. don't
3: know there's a God, right, then they're in trouble because yeah. then who sets up what's absolute? I do, but th- that's why I'm frustrated. That's God's role, not Dave's. Yeah. Well, then you got popular pi- opinion deciding. Uh, what has value and what
1: doesn't, or who has value and who doesn't. Right. And you go through this whole mess that we see in our society today of trying to understand, well, you're not meeting my expectations right. of who I am. Right. be it's b- through race or, or, uh, or gender or, or sexual orientation, whatever it may be, we have everyone shooting and saying, you must meet my expectations. Well, with God, you wipe all that away. It's all gone because God says, I have given you who you are. You're mine. Yeah. You belong to me alone. I I love you, I forgive you, I I give grace to you, I uh, give you uh, a purpose in life, and then it all changes because I don't need other people's acceptance. I don't need to conform to them. I, in turn, can give away what God has given me and and touch other people's lives. Then I'll have the friendships that I desire in the world. Hmm. I'll have the life that is uh, free to live. I'll have uh, uh, relationships that are in such a way that empower other people right. to carry on uh, the gifts that God has given me through them. And it, it is a wonderful thing to watch, and you don't have to get into this conflict all the time.
3: Yeah, you know what? I, I think people, I, I'll give you an example. I was speaking once, and I was speaking um, John 3.16. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just saying, yeah. God so loved the world. And, and I, I was speaking to a group, and there were ladies that did, never knew anything about Christianity, whatever. And I, and I also was talking, I, I quoted the verse, you know, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And this is Jesus talking. Nobody comes to God except through Christ. And at the end of that conversation, a bunch of ladies come and said, Who do you think you are? Do you think you're right? And I thought, um, No, I'm, I'm Dave.
2: <laughs>
3: Ma'am, all I did was read to you what Jesus said. This is what he said. And I'm representing what he said. So that's what we're doing. But, see, if it's about what Dave believes, you're right. You can come to me and say, well, who made you boss? Yeah. Because, well, you want to make everyone conform to what you think. Uh, Right. That's not the purpose. And nobody made me boss. I mean, your thoughts, Mike, and your thoughts, Jeff, they're just as valuable as my thoughts. They're just thoughts. And so, yeah, if I'm trying to manipulate and say, look at look at my thoughts, they're better than yours or whatever, yeah, I'm an idiot. But But in the long run, I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to say, here's what we have to conform to. There's Mm -hmm. one that we have to conform to, and that's God. Right, And here is what God says. And if you're miserable today, you're listening to us and you're miserable today. It's because you don't understand that there is a God who loves you and you need to conform to him. And when you conform to him, you're conforming to truth. Now, it it doesn't have anything to do with majority opinion, Republican, Democrat. doesn't have anything to do with what country you're part of. It has to do with whether there's truth or not. And, And conforming to the truth is necessary. It's the necessary first step. -hmm. Until, but before you can be creative, and before you can find fulfillment, and before you can actually see your value in this life, you need to understand. My knee is very—if you were to say, "Boy, that knee is very valuable," and you you took a saw and you cut it off and you put it over on a table, it's no longer valuable, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be in context of the whole, Mm -hmm. and and you can't just remove it and say it still has value. In fact, what value does it have when it's disconnected? Zero.
2: Yeah. Nothing.
3: Now, everybody's insulted that's listening to me, but that is the way it is. I mean, honestly, if you're not connected to God, you will struggle with your human value because your only value comes from being connected to him. And And, and if you're not connected to him, you're not going to see that experience, that value. Well, you keep looking to find the value in other places then. You do, and And you you you
1: won't. You you won't find it. You won't be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. You won't be satisfied in in what you're searching for. I mean, you look at value in the, than the clothes you wear or you look value in the job you do yeah. or whatever the whatever you look for value because that's our nature. And, and I love the, how simple it is. It is. This it
3: isn't is. that hard. It's not about me and making it happen. Yeah. It's about me conforming to something that already is. I just got to find it.
1: Yeah. yeah. You read Ephesians 1 and it's so, it's so interesting because he says in Ephesians 1, he gives us spiritual blessings. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, then it goes on the list, a whole bunch of them. Yep. You know, in Ephesians 4, he talks about how we renew the mind. And change the way we think, and that's really what the, the the wonder of the of the Christian life is. We are constantly finding more value that God has placed in us, and uh, and that's where we get our grounding in life, and we live life abundantly because of it.
2: Yeah, that's where I was hoping to get to, because you know, so many of us, especially as young people, and and. You probably remember this too, going through the teenage years and, and childhood. We're we're constantly looking to be validated, as if you know we have value because of our behavior, because of, I do something, and and so the idea of conformity at a young age is more about acceptance by those that are around us, by the people that we respect, that we like, that we hope will like us back. And as you get older, you begin to see that you you've you maybe done some of those things that have compromised some of the principles that you said you lived by. And one of the questions that we kind of opened up that we didn't quite get to, but I'd like to discuss is can you believe something and not conform to it? And we can talk about that in the role of faith. You can talk about that even in the context of going to school or even graduating with a degree in something and you have no idea how to use this degree. I mean, it's it's one thing to believe something, But can you believe something and not conform to it? Let's talk about that when we come back here on the show. Join us in the conversation tonight on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio.
0: If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back
2: to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at hopenet360.com for tonight's episode. We've got some links there, some articles, some fun quips through the week. You know, last week we talked about the whole Pokemon craze, and, and Dave, I found a really interesting article this week that talked about how playing Mario Kart actually helps you drive. I thought that was interesting. So the whole video game craze and some of these apps, I don't know if anyone that's listening actually remembers Mario Kart. Um I kinda grew up in that way. But playing
3: Mario Kart can can drive me crazy. What? You playing Mario Kart would drive me crazy. That's what it teach you how to drive me crazy. <laughs> it
2: that's would. It. I'd be throwing banana peels out the window left and right. Yeah. I mean that's that's yeah. the way it that's would all. work. But it it was just kind of an interesting thing. I don't think it would work. You know, the whole video game craze and we can go on and on about that discussion, but the idea of conformity and, and conforming to something, Dave, I, First of all, did you have some some thoughts on that story about driving? You you
3: know what? Well, there's some some positives about a a lot of things. I mean, people who play video games are better um, fighter pilots, too. I mean, that's been shown. However, sometimes we just are searching for the positive. It's kind of like going into a garbage dump and finding a banana that's not peeled yet. That would be a win. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> no, ooh, here's a banana. <laughs> but but look where you got it from. Uh-huh. There there is a positive there, but I I don't know. Oh, gross. sorry, I, I digress. Yeah,
2: disgusting. Don't don't go look for that. I mean, you you have a better success rate of finding a needle in a haystack, I think. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that might help you sew your pants back together after you ripped them the That's day right. before. I don't know, but the idea of nonconformity. I want to get back into this conversation, David. It's an interesting one, a fascinating one. The question that's out there, can you believe something? And by that, I mean, can you believe something to be truth and to not act on that or to not actually uh, set your life up in a way that exemplifies that?
3: Is that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Does Satan believe that God is God?
2: Yeah, I think. Okay. I mean, I think part of it I'll is he's... Now, deal
3: with that, because, I mean, we're playing with the word believe here, and, and Satan, yeah, before true. he before he sinned, before he did what he did, did he, did he believe that God was God?
2: No, he believed that he was a supreme. Did he? He wanted to be like God in the fact that he, okay. was, he shared the same...
3: So since he wanted to be like God, he probably believed that he was God, that God was God.
2: Yeah, or that he could be as powerful as God. So it's an interesting I
3: idea. I think I think we're probably talking a couple different strains of the word believe here. Okay. I okay. mean, I mean it, it, to say that um, I believe in God but not have any effect in my life, well, I could have that satanic belief, the intellectual orthodoxy kind of thing. I mean, I could do that, I guess. To say that I believe in God and have it affect my life, I would say that that is more consistent with a belief in God. Hmm. So I I think sometimes, because English might be limited, we might be limited in what we're understanding. Because somebody just comes to you and says, I'm a Christian because I believe in God. I have no idea what they just meant
2: Hmm.
3: at that point. Is it a Satan kind of belief? And I would challenge our listeners. you know, If you say you believe in God, what do you mean you believe in God? Is it a Satan kind of belief or is it a belief that saves you? And there's a difference, and I would challenge you. Go to our Hope line and uh, hopenet360.com, talk to a live coach about it, because there's a huge difference between just believing a satanic kind of belief in in God and a belief that saves. They're different. I think there's another step to belief, because the next
1: thing is whenever you act out in faith on what you believe, that becomes real to you. And uh, so what happens there is that I'll go back to my previous example about you know I believe this rock will float, uh, you know well if I can I can tie myself to that rock, and throw it in in a lake, and uh, I, I would like to I'll film go, that. <laughs> I'll go straight to the bottom <laughs> because there's truth at the at, at you know of gravity right. will bring me down and I could lose my life based on a, a faulty, faulty belief, belief. Right. And uh, because I acted I acted in faith, and when I act in faith. That's going to prove my so, belief. So let me—true me,
3: or not? Let me ask you this: Did Satan have a faulty belief, or did he have a belief and refuse to act on the belief, or act in error with the belief? Well, I think he acted in
1: error mm-hmm. of the belief. I mean, he knew who God was. I mean, God created him, yeah. but he—he he wanted to be like God. He wanted to—he wanted to take the place of God, and uh, so he started acting that he then believed that he was God, and he stepped out in faith that I I can destroy this whole process of redemption by just uh, getting rid of of God's son when he comes to earth. And uh, his whole plan throughout history has been, how can I get rid of that plan and and prevent that redemption from happening?
3: And how Uh, ironic it would be to get people to believe in God, but not not like he believed in God. Exactly. To believe intellectually (laughs) in God. But not have it actually change their lives. And that's where the difference is. In Romans twelve one and 2, you can see that what the goal is, is that eventually your life's transformed and not conformed to the world, but transformed. And that's how you know you believed yeah. in God in a way that's saving because your life becomes transformed. It isn't the same anymore. And you're in a different family, and you have a different position, and you've understood that, that you don't deserve that. And, and, and you've, you've taken care of the sin by putting your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And when you do that, see, you're, now it's not just a belief anymore. It's transferred over into a belief that actually saves or a faith in what God has done. Well, that's the whole point. And that's the, the whole purpose there. So yep. I think the word belief is actually stopping a lot of people. Even even earlier, we talked about um, you know the the Muslims that might believe in Jesus, but if you read the Quran, that's a different Jesus. I'm not exactly. sure who they believe exactly. in, but they say believe. Well, yeah. you know, Satan believes, but it's not doing him any good. He's actually going against what he believes because if he believes God is God, and and I would tend to say he knows God is God. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, we have to yes. act out our beliefs, yeah. and that is done in faith. So as I look at it and I believe
1: in Christ and I believe what he has said of me, uh, I act out of the faith by saying I'm not going to believe what, what uh, this group of people of yours say I am because I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not going to let them manipulate that belief in who I am. So you're able to sit back and act out on your faith and that's where that's where you, your your relationship becomes closer and closer yeah. with Christ because he's giving you the truth.
3: Yeah, let, let, let's get this clear though for everybody that's listening. When we're talking about belief, belief does not constitute truth. Amen. Okay, so that's what you've got to understand. Because here, let's say if I came to you, Mike or, or Jeff, and I said, you know, why do you believe this? And you say, well, because my great-grandmother believed this and my great-great-grandmother believed this. And, and what if I was a real expert at the subject and I would say, well, your great-great-grandmother was wrong? Hmm. Because what you based this on was a belief. And just because you believe something doesn't make it true or false. I'm not saying it's false, but the belief by itself, I mean, I don't know how many times I've talked to a young person and they tell me, well, I just believe that. And I go, that's not a basis for truth. I'm sorry. And they look at me like, well, you're the only one in the world that believes that. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, my belief isn't a basis for truth. And I mean, the belief is not something that gives us truth. Truth stands whether I believe it or not, whether there's a belief system in place or not, it stands.
1: That's the whole reason for the sin nature. I mean that's why sin was I mean is there because we a sin enables us to believe in, in a lie. Right. And uh and we act out then in faith in that lie and then we get disappointed with life. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. this go right? You know, why didn't uh you know get the job I wanted to get? But think how so, like, clever God, 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 God is. Satan is.
3: Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean he's got us just because I firmly believe in something, I now think it's truth. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if you're listening today and and your whole world is based on just firmly believing in something or having your family firmly believe in something or your ancestors firmly believe in something, I would challenge you. I would challenge you to go and study the scriptures and look at it outside of what you believe and see if the scriptures and God lines up with what you actually believe. Because truth is going to stand without your belief system. Mm, Amen.
2: Man, such a mm-hmm. such a deep conversation. And yet it's so important to recognize that in some small way or even big way, I am conforming to the patterns of something. And Romans 12:2 says, "Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." And Dave, when we come back, I want to unpack that a little bit more and just can get some kind of perspective on this idea of a transforming work because to believe something and to not conform to it in a way that says, yeah, I believe it and I also live it. That's going to ruin your mind. It's not going to transform. It's going to totally wreck your mind. And I think a lot of that is why we are living in a a state of hopelessness and despair too much. Why I think depression is rampant is because we're trying to believe things that are polar opposites that do not line up at all. So let's talk about that when we come back here on HopeNet Radio.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Mike Jewell wrapping up this conversation with you this week, but the conversation will continue on Twitter. So if you're hanging out with us, use the hashtag HNRTV. We're talking about conformity, and Romans 12, 2 says this very important thing that if you're a believer, if you've been in the church, you've probably heard it before, but maybe it's new to somebody. But Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And Dave, I know you've got some really deep thoughts on this, but really practical thoughts. How does this play out? What does it look like to have your mind renewed?
3: You, you know, first of all, I think you back the bus up a little bit and go to the verse 1 where, where Paul is saying, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In other words, if somebody doesn't understand that there is a God, they can't do anything. They're going to conform to the world and the temporary stuff around them. Once you understand that there's a God, I mean, really understand that there's a God, then you're going to live as if there's a God. And and those of you that are listening tonight, I've said it so often, if you're disappointed or angry or upset with God, you just don't know him. I encourage you to get into the Bible and get to know who he is. And then after you know there's a God, it says, do not be conformed to this world. That's where the battle is. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. I can test it. I can test the idea of the absolutes that God gives me. I can test it. I will tell you, I've been married 35 years, uh, 36 years at at this broadcast, and I have loved being married. I've never cheated on my wife, and I think marriage is one of the best things that ever happened in in, in the universe, that it's one of the greatest creations of God. Why? Because... We've decided to do it the way he said. There's some absolutes that we actually put in place that we live by. And we enjoy marriage completely because of that. See, there's, a, there's something that can be proven. You know what? Think about how God has set up the world. He set it up so that I love him, which means I obey him, and that I love you guys and every other person. So that means when I'm looking at you, I am trying to figure out the way I can make your life the best it can be. Now, think about if that transferred to the whole world and everybody was doing that. Hmm. that will prove itself out. That would be a good thing, not a bad thing. That would eliminate Hitler. It would eliminate people getting in airplanes and, and running into buildings. It would eliminate a lot of other things. And see what the problem is is earlier there where it says do not conform to this world but be transformed. There's a difference. If the world is 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 again uh, among that line that there's a democracy, the, the majority is right, our feelings rule, and and what happens is often we stop there and, and the hours of influence are such, where we begin to believe that that's where we need to leave live in that realm. But the next word is but be transformed how by the renewing of your mind. Think about it. Think about it in context of God and the whole. It isn't a feeling. It isn't a vote. It, it isn't uh, your family. You are going to be transformed when you just look at things. When I look at a pen, I realize it had a designer. I realize it had a creator. I realize it has a purpose. When I look at the universe, read Romans 1 on your own. When I when I look at, a, at the universe, I realize there has to be a creator, there has to be a, a, a designer, and there has to be a purpose. So, in my life, I realized there has to be a creator, has to be a designer, has to be a purpose. What have I done? I've just begun to think it through. Now, I am on the verge of being able to be transformed from one who is just without hope in a world that is without God to one who has hope that can live in the way that he was actually created to live and enjoy God because that's what I was created to do. Really, those who are conforming to this world, the fruit of that confirmation will be um, jealousy, anger, uh, despair, depression. That's the fruit of it. So if if you're suffering from those things, it's because your roots are down into the conforming idea, soil of of culture. Those who don't conform to that, what they're doing is conforming to the truth that God has given us. And they're actually affecting culture rather than being affected by culture. And, and they're the ones that can actually stand up and lead. So I, I, w- I would encourage our, our listeners to go through that, that verse and just look at it and realize, am I somebody who's trapped in the conforming to this world stage? Or have I known God well enough to have it transform me? Uh, when I got married, when you guys got married, I will bet you it transformed your life. Because a relationship does that. Oh, yes. So yes. it's
1: different. But see, what's nice about the marriage uh, picture, you look at that whole thing, your marriage grew because you tested Absolutely. You tested it, and you looked at it. You discerned, this is a good thing to do in my marriage, or right. this, is the wrong, this is the wrong thing to do with my marriage, and you started working that out. And as both of you within that marriage did those things, your relationship became closer and closer to one another in that process. Yeah. And that's the same thing with God. He just says, hey, test me.
3: I created you. Yeah. If you live the way you were intended to live, right. it'll work. Yeah. Now, you might say, well, what about Steve and those guys? I'm not saying that life would be painless. I'm saying life would be significant. And you will yes. en- enjoy it, and you will be glad you are here, and it will be significant. And that's a difference. If, if you think it's all about painlessness and, and having people serve you and having people worship you or whatever that might be, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that yeah. belongs to God. Mm-hmm. God doesn't
1: waste anything. And the midst of pain and the midst of horrible circumstances that and how that life throws at us, uh, you can still... You are still accepted. You are still significant in His eyes. He will continue to feed into you who you are in the midst of all that. And that gives you the power to rise above those circumstances. Absolutely. And uh, that is the joy of the Christian walk. Uh, he does not promise us uh, to remove all circumstances and we'll be all automatically happy yeah. all the time.
3: And, and notice in the verse, it doesn't say you're transformed by the renewal of your feelings. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: you know, right. I mean,
3: what it's you so have true. to do is you actually need to. Address your issue of relationship with God. And if you don't have one, He says that if you seek Him, you'll find Him. You need to open the Bible. You need to, to go to hopenet360.com. And, and talk to a live coach, you need to have a relationship with God and open that dialogue first. And when that dialogue is open, see, it has to start with your mind and think it through mm-hmm. because there are many times where, where people who know what's right, they do what's right, but yet they suffer because they do what's right. When Jesus went to the cross, it was right, but he, he sweat drops of blood over it. When Noah built an ark on a, on a mountain, I mean, he did what was right, even though it was probably painful to have all those people make fun of him for all those years. When, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went to a furnace, mm-hmm. I mean, they did what was right, even though they were going to end up burning. See, what happened, happens is once you are actually in fact all the apostles that knew jesus were martyred once you know god and once it's you understand in your mind what is right you can position yourself to do what is right no matter what the obvious other cost is and the conforming people say you shouldn't do that you should conform to us so you don't suffer well, you're gonna suffer either way, I promise. One way is unbearable without God, and one way with God is extremely bearable and significant.
2: And it's so, it's so interesting to talk about the idea of conforming. Did you know that when you conform to something, you are choosing not to conform to something else. Saying yes to something means that you're going to say no to something else. Saying no to something means you say yes to something else, or at least gives you the ability to do that. But you can't live in a life of nonconformity. That creates a contradiction in your mind. See, we're conforming constantly we're conforming to what could be people it could be to our workplace to expectations there we're conforming to something we're bending to something it's not a bad thing to conform what we have to be able to ask the question of is what am I conforming to who am I conforming to become like is it going to be like an athlete like a Michael Jordan or an Aaron Rodgers or someone that you know we see as very famous and maybe wealthy and influential is their life worthy of exemplifying or is there a better way and when you think about it when you really begin to process who am I becoming? What am I bending my knee to? What am I going to be like, you know, down the road? If I'm, you know, maybe you're at 18, 19, 20 something, you're just going off to college for the first time and and now you've got this taste of freedom coming up and you're thinking, you know, I have a lot of opportunity. You know, I could become who I want to be. I don't have somebody breathing down my neck saying, you've got to do this, you've got to have these expectations lined up, you've got to have, you know, all these things in your life. Like you can choose now in a way where, you know, you couldn't maybe do that before. And it's worth asking that question, what am I going to be like? Who am I going to become like? And if I'm actually somebody who believes in a God who saves and a God who does great work, who is not only called me into his family to be a part of his family, but then also equips me to bring more people into his family. So i have got to bend my life to be like Jesus. I can't just exemplify my pastor or my favorite Christian person or speaker, whatever. Like Those are good influences, but they're not the ultimate person to conform after. And if you know anything about the the life of faith in in Jesus, it's actually becoming like Christ, having the same mind as Christ. And you can read about that all throughout Romans, through through the New Testament, through some of Paul's writings. I would encourage you, go and chat with a live coach. Maybe you've been conforming to stuff that just is not good it's not good stuff to bend your knee to and and decide to follow after and become like and maybe it's causing you some friction in your life go and chat with one of our live coaches anytime at hopenet360.com that's it for us here tonight on the show you can find this and past episodes and our show notes for all these past episodes for free just check out hopenet360.com slash podcast and our live twitter chat the tweet back is going 24 7 on our website too at hopenet360.com for all us here on HopeNet Radio. Make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.